Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, live from the 6th and Peabody Studios here with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us as well. David Reed and Jakob Swanson making the show happen for us. Ellie Sylvia, our production assist assistant, Becca Risley, Sleepy Danny down the hall making the show happen for us across the Outkick Network. If you're watching on YouTube, we say thank you. We hope you'll subscribe to the channel. Gentlemen, a lot to hit today. Monday editions, we kick off the week. Hope you're doing well. It's always nice to have a weekend, even when it's not a long weekend, but to get back in here with you gentlemen and get ready to get after it and bang some hats is always a fun day. So I'm excited to be back. Week number two, uh, many thought we wouldn't have one week at an establishment <laughs> like this with Old Smokey and Yeehaw. But we made it through. We made it through one week, and here we are starting a second week. It is a very dangerous temptation to linger here after the show. Um, e even I'm bouncing between two locales for my broadcasting right now, and uh, I I've, I've only been here a couple days. And uh, those days, it's very tempting to remain and to pony up to... Uh, some bars that happen to be just outside these doors. Come join us. Uh, we are live each and every day, and they are open each and every day at the exact same time at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, right here in the heart of Music City, right behind the Music City Center at 6th and Peabody. Uh, great food for uh, lunch options here. You can look that up online, 6thandpeabody.com. Also, uh, Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, which is all distilled right here at the footprint, at the facility, and here with the studio. Uh, a preseason galore over the weekend. We're going to hit that throughout the, the next hour. Deshaun Watson and the NFL's investigation or their attempt, Sports Illustrated, with details on that. We have that and more, uh, plus a brawl that took place at the Rams preseason game that we will break down on the show uh, and try to analyze as best we can because there are so many different layers to this that People have pointed out on Twitter as we posted this last night. We're going to have some fun with that. Tennessee Power Hour is jam-packed. Danny White, Tennessee AD, talking national championships. We have the Titans' first preseason matchup with our discussion, our analysis, and takeaways as they drum the Falcons' backups. And we look ahead to what's a big week for them and some joint practice work against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was a long week of football for me. Uh, I am one that... Uh, we'll flip around and watch the rookie debuts. Uh, that was that it, they all started within about 30 minutes of, of, of each other, and I, I thought for the most part, considering who they're playing against, but that's all we can measure them by. The rookie quarterbacks played well. Single most impressive moment of the weekend, I thought, and I didn't see as much as you did. I saw more highlight packages. Trey Lance's throw. I mean, uh, 
you know, as long as he's protected, it doesn't matter who the receiver is on that play. It doesn't matter who the cornerback is on that play. That's a very difficult to defend throw that, again, shows off just how impressive his arm is, his ability to see that play and deliver that ball. That's an amazing throw that shows you his promise in the moment, I thought. Um, so if I'm picking one moment from the weekend that made me go, woo, uh, you know, that makes me think, Jimmy Garoppolo, have a seat. Let's see what this guy can do. Oh, that, it, what they're talking about there is the throw, which was 80 yards, is a, the, the, a longer pass it's than a Jimmy Garoppolo beam. has ever completed. Two, I mean, that, two, two passes for they're, Garoppolo. They're comparing that, yeah. So, uh, you know, we, when you look at the quarterback competition there, there will be one. There was going to be one in Chicago as well. Uh, because Justin Fields looked great in, in his time as the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Did fumble the first play? Uh, no, that was Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence oh, okay. fumbled the first snap. Uh, Justin Fields looked great. And, um, he, look, he, he was dynamic with the football. I thought he threw the football well. He was patient. He led a two-minute drive right before the end of the half. Uh, that that uh, you know looked like he was in command. Also, uh, scrambling ability, that was really what got the Chicago Bears fans to their feet was whenever he would take off and run with it uh, from the quarterback position. We have seen rookies come into the league and have success in that area as they try to gather the, the rest of the offense around them. I could totally see where they, whenever, whenever he has his opportunity over Andy Dalton in Chicago, that's, that's where he's really going to become a star, is, is scrambling, throwing on the move. He did that very well at Ohio State. He did that very well in preseason game number one. Trevor Lawrence fumbled the first snap and was sacked. Uh, other than that, I thought was fine and, and some limited action. Uh, and, and just around the, the league, I think this week, uh, as the Patriots continue to play, Mac Jones will continue to look good, uh, as the, the Patriots, I think, will look good in their preseason games. And that will begin the clamoring for Mac Jones to overtake Cam Newton. That's going to take longer than the other two quarterbacks that we're talking about. I think about. for Fields, Chad... I mean, that's a good scenario in that it should be a defensive football team, right? If they can run the ball effectively. Yeah, I mean, last year. And he's, he's yeah. kind of got a safe entree. They only, average, they only allowed 23 or 24 points a game last year. Defensively. Fields is in the best spot. And I think Fields was the most underrated quarterback coming in. I love Justin Fields. Well, I think Lance is in a pretty good I spot. I think he's going to be a, a great success. But I think about that with Lance because of his coach and Kyle right. Shanahan. But I still think that Justin Fields is the better quarterback and was the better quarterback prospect than Trey Lance coming into the draft. Um, doesn't have as good of a situation as Trey Lance has in San Francisco from an offensive standpoint. But I think Justin Fields is going to be great. I will also caution everyone and say it's one preseason game. Sure. Because Twitter and social media was oh. a buzz with Justin Fields' talk over the weekend and how great he looked. And he did look great in that one preseason game. Uh, we've seen this before with, with other guys, but I'm saying this as someone who firmly believes that the Bears did a great thing in drafting Justin Fields, and he is going to quickly be the starter. This is where the NFL media needs to pipe down a little because Absolutely. they feed the beast all offseason with the discussion points about these quarterbacks, especially the quarterbacks. In the NFL draft, 70 to 80% of all of the talk on these guys is completely positive. You're going to look great when, there's, when you're throwing against air and OTAs and mini camps, and half the time the coaches just do away with a mini camp week this year. Uh, so with, with all that in mind, here comes training camp, 
And in the first preseason game against backups, the quarterbacks go out and look really, really good. So the fans are going to react this way. And after the first reaction, you have the NFL media that says, oh, pipe down. You know, I guess we should go ahead and put Justin Fields in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You are the ones creating this mess because it's all positive spin for the last five months. And then whenever we actually see them against backups and they do what they're supposed to do, which is look really good against the backups that they were drafted ahead of, then that produces the reaction that the fans have. I don't have a problem with the fans reacting the way they do when all we hear is hype around these guys for the last five months. And in the first fully padded tackle football game we get to see them perform in, they go out and perform well. They set the whole thing up. You're right. I I did see one uh, NFL Network guy, I don't remember who it is, say, I will not overrate the preseason. I will not overrate the preseason. Like reminding himself, I go through this every preseason as well. You don't want to do it, but then what you see in front of you, you you tend to, you know, you're paid to talk about it. It's this week's story. Yeah. But he retweeted himself or one of his friends gave him a tweet saying, boy, E.J. Manuel really looked good tonight, <laughs> you know, about his Bills debut, I yeah. think, which is a good thing to have handy in your, in your Twitter bookmarks. I, I don't think excitement is a bad thing. I mean, fans should be excited. Like, right. This is what you have to chew on right now. So by all means, react however you want to react but to, also to a preseason know what's coming. game. Well, but to put it into context of, boy, the Bears offense could be better than I thought if they utilized Justin Fields in a certain way that I saw in that game. Boy, Trey Lance on that one play looked very athletic and looked like he had a strong arm. Well, see, I think you could that, carve on that ADR out touchdown. something. It's fine to do those things. I think you could carve out something. And not things. just crap on everyone's opinion, you know, immediately because it's a preseason game. But I, I There's think a you balance can, there. Yeah, I think you can carve out some things. I think Hutton will agree here. Like, some of the things Fields did, he's not going to be able to do as easily against frontline defense. Oh, for sure. The Lance throw, I think, if he gets protection, he can make that throw and it doesn't matter. Uh, all the context around him won't matter. If, if the receiver runs that route, he makes that throw, the context around him doesn't really matter. But in a lot of these things, we're going to talk about some Titans people in the, in the Tennessee Power Hour, the context absolutely matters. If you take a guy who's rushing the passer successfully against a third string tackle and you're asking him to be your third linebacker and he's going to have to do it against the first string tackle, well, yeah, you applaud what he did in the context he was given, but you have to say the context is going to be a lot different on opening day and can he rise to the occasion in his next two chances? Will he see stiffer competition? That's an important part of the grade of what he did. Certain moments you could pull out like that Trey Lance throw and the context around that I don't think matters as much. Well, let me also say that throw, while it was impressive to watch, um, I can't think of an NFL quarterback that couldn't make that throw because it is a a very well-designed play. Jimmy Garoppolo could make that throw. distance on it. Paul, a play-action roll to the left where you're throwing it back and the guy's open, I can't think of many – NFL quarterbacks that could make that throw. Now, could you make it with that same level of uh, strength behind it? Maybe not. That's what I'm talking but, about. I mean, the strength, the it, but that goes back to, I think Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. And if you scheme something up remotely in preseason, which that was a well-designed sort of throwback play against the grain, that was uh, well-executed. I, I just... I think it looked great. I'm fine with 49ers fans getting excited to watch that. I got excited watching that play. I also watch and think there's a lot of quarterbacks who could do that. 
there are a lot of quarterbacks who can't do it too. The ease, the arm strength, the wrist flick, all of, the, all of those things. I'm talking about the natural talent there that, that you can see on display in that snapshot. Uh, Zach Wilson uh, looked settled. That, that, that's how I would describe the nine passes I went back and watched of, of the Jets rookie. They focus more on the run game. It's not much worth watching Jets and and Giants preseason game number one and what was a boring affair. Uh, Watching simply because Zach Wilson uh, threw nine passes, completed six of them, uh, and this was coming a week after they had a scrimmage where he was horrible and and admitted he was really, really bad. I thought in the first preseason outing, uh, looked okay. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was the one that had just an average uh, debut uh, he was sacked twice. Uh, one, he took a really bad sack. The other uh, was the fumble on the first play of the game where he was sacked. Um, overall, though, fine. The real test comes whenever the regular season rolls around. That we know, and that's the case for the majority of these guys. And I think we all agree, in Justin Fields' case, it's a, it's a case of sooner rather than later on how quickly they put him in, especially given the circumstances with the coaching situation uh, the general manager uh, stability there and uh, just the job security involved in all of that. If things start going south early, I cannot imagine not going to the rookie instead of playing Andy Dalton. And my guess is the team would feel that way as well. So that's a little bit different than Cam Newton's case in New England where we know Bill Belichick's not getting fired and there will be no pressure on him to play the rookie if he feels as though he needs to wait a few more weeks or a season. But I also hope to see Mac Jones at some point because he looked fine too uh, th- this past week. You mentioned uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I, we've talked a lot about backup quarterback situations. That is the worst backup quarterback oh, situation in the league. Mike White is the backup who's not taking a snap. He well, put not respectable only- numbers in that game. But how behind the second pick in the draft you don't have Somebody, I'm not big on players as coaches, but for a rookie quarterback, you yeah, need a veteran quarterback no one, even have, who can tell him a little well, bit about it's, the ropes. It's funny when you say players as coaches because when you say Mike White, I think Florida basketball coach and not a backup quarterback. So, I think Oakland Raiders. I think boy, that's great that they have an actual coach uh, out there that's backing yeah, he, him up to help him through this process. It's a yeah. terrible choice. Not they to don't have even, they don't really have a vet back there to help no. help him behind the scenes. It's a it's a weird situation there at quarterback. He's all on his own. I mean, he is. And, yeah, and Greg and Knapp has died now uh, in a tragic accident. He loses his quarterback coach. He does not have he has, the support uh, structure that he He has needs. Matt LaFleur's brother, Mike, yeah. who's coaching him as the offensive coordinator there in New York. Well, so. and you really buried the lead with Trevor Lawrence. The real pressure is being applied by Gardner Minshew in that situation <laughs> yeah. because that is who's really breathing down his neck. We all know that's a wide-open competition for oh, franchise yes. quarterback. Well, the, the, only, the only really disappointment from the preseason week number one is that Trevor Lawrence did not solidify himself <laughs> as the starting quarterback in Jacksonville, as I laugh. Urban Meyer playing college we all games. Know, we all know he's, he's starting as the quarterback in Jacksonville. Let him lead. Let him lead. Yeah, it's, it's time. It, it's time to go ahead and, and end the uh, – in the fake battle, at least the way I view it. Uh, and, and everyone knows it's happening, just like everyone knew that Jacksonville was drafting Trevor Lawrence. Hey, you know what I'm proud of, speaking of the Jaguars? There had been no talk of Tebow until this game, in which he did nothing. But I had kind of forgotten about him. Praise be to the national media, which we're hitting a little bit in this. 
for overhyping up people, but he's tied for fourth string. He did nothing in this game. He made a bad block. There was one pass kind of well, thrown in his direction. Well, he had two bad where, blocks that are, somebody have gone viral. in front of him. <laughs> they said <laughs> there was one tweet about, hey, look, they put a Make-A-Wish kid out there to, to uh, try to make a block. Um, but, I mean, he's, he's not trending upwards by any means. Uh, a lot of people put out that block also and said, look at the leadership. Look at the leadership. But I don't know that camera crews have been down there doing Tebow stories. I haven't seen any Tebow stories. People have been focusing on the right things and not on Tim Tebow. Well, it, you God know why? Because he's not doing interviews. That's why the media is not there. Well, that's good. He well, that, that's on Tebow, though. That's not praising them. If he were doing daily interviews, yeah, they'd be all, they'd be all about right. it. All right. They'd well, be all about right. it. It's, it's also, this is a, this is a big week. Is that, is that a Tebow decision? And Tebow's not, not doing interviews, yeah. Um, th- this is a... But he's got to be available to some degree, so I wonder if he's taking a fine for that. May, maybe. I haven't seen the interview. I mean, he, I, I think he did one when he, when he first joined, and that was it. Um, the, this is a big week for Jacksonville and Tebow because tomorrow the deadline for teams to get down to 85. So First five. You, we find out, do they just end it now? and cut him loose now as part of the first five cuts. And maybe it's the first four. I don't know what their roster looks like if they're actually at 90. But they have to be at 85 tomorrow. Um, some of that, some of teams will just use this for the injuries that happen in week one of the preseason, and that's how you find it based on just sheer numbers. If, the, if he sticks around past the first five, I think then we're going towards practice squad. And then they want to see him in a second game at least, right? Yeah, but I think if you don't cut him loose now, if he's the if he's tied for fourth at tight end, and you've seen all you need to see, if you keep him around past this first cut, this first phase, why are you keeping him around other than just to not say that keep Urban him in the locker made room. a big mistake? Well, you're going to cut him anyway. Right. He's not making the roster, you so you have to the, face the music now or you, you face it later. Yeah, face it later. You face it a little later, and you could say, well, he stuck around for a while. But what kind of mistake is it? Like, well, it's a I mean, all the, all the things we talked about. I mean, oh, I, yeah, no, that's what no one's talking about is who, who, who's not making the roster in Jacksonville because Tim Tebow's there. Nobody. But there was no reason to, to bring him in. He, he didn't have a, a, a chance. It was a publicity stunt. Well, have, no, I, I, see, I disagree. I, I have actually gone and watched interviews with players in Jacksonville. And when, they actually, when the media asks about Tebow, they don't, they don't interview Tebow. They ask about Tebow every time that there is someone at the podium. They light up with the conversations that they've had with the guy. Gardner Minshew discussing Tim Tebow is the best thing you'll hear Gardner Minshew say last week. Um, better so than the bowel thing? Better than that, yeah. And, and it was an honest reaction where, where he lit up and actually discussed what Tebow's helped him do behind the scenes. I, I, I think he has served a purpose there, albeit one that could have been as a coach or a mentor. It doesn't necessarily have to be as a player. But I think that's the only way you got Tebow in the locker room was to go about this route. And now the question is, do you cut him loose in the first cut down and say, okay, it is what it is, we're moving on, or do you keep him around because of what he's actually doing behind the scenes. I'm just curious well, what I, I he gets out of that. What does he get out I of I mean, that? I guess it just is fulfilling his fantasy and his dream of continuing to play professional football, but... I don't know if they cut him at any point. I don't know the value of having him in the locker room for that short of amount of time um, with the team. And I think he'd be great as a coach consultant yeah. uh, for them. And I don't know if the only way to get him in is to be a blocking fullback slash H-back. 
then do they think he's going to stick around when they cut him to be a coach? So that whole thing's kind of weird. Here's something else that's weird in, in terms of media. Stop making the false equivalency of Colin Kaepernick not having a job and Tim Tebow having a job. Colin Kaepernick heard that is not time. out there trying to play receiver. I've seen it all over the place. About, Lately? Yes, over the when weekend, it, people getting into it with people yeah, on Twitter absolutely. about Colin Kaepernick can't get a job, but here's this guy trying to you know block someone in the NFL. Well, the difference is Colin Kaepernick isn't taking the veteran minimum. He's not trying to change positions. He's not doing the things that Tim Tebow's doing. While I am on the uh, totally on the side of Tim Tebow is worthless as a football player on the field at this point in his, in his uh, career. I mean, look, Tim Tebow looked like a guy who's a very in-shape assistant coach, which is what he should be. That's what I saw in that preseason game. That's no knock on Tim Tebow. He still kept himself in great shape, but he looked like a guy who should be coaching the team and starting a career with that and not playing football. That's what it looked like to me. A uh, couple of other takeaways from the weekend. Uh, Patrick Sertain with the pick six as uh, the rookie debut. Good read. Uh, added a little juice there. That's a non-quarterback to point out who, who played well. Uh, and also, one preseason debut does not a season make for any team. Uh, it is hard to, to look at Minnesota and the lifelessness of that team in the preseason game number one and not say that Mike Zimmer is squarely on the hot seat. Uh, as they go into uh, the season with him. He was hired the same year that Ken Wisenhunt was hired here in Nashville. Um, and Zimmer has been much better as a head coach of the crew that was hired in that year. I believe it was, what, 2014? Uh, this year does not look good because that is a locker room divided. Um, and while they may not admit that on the surface level, they brought zero, zero level of energy Why are in they their divided? preseason game. What's vaccinations the yeah. because of Kirk Cousins? Sixty yeah. percent of their teams vaccinated. The lowest, probably in the league. And Zimmer's talking out against those who are not. It's so. an, it's an interesting case study in uh, when it's actually being discussed because I know we've talked about this. We get the sense that most teams, it's just kind of an untouchable topic in the locker room. What's being discussed by their head coach publicly, right? That's Frequently. why. That's why. So I'm now, saying but he's my point on. is now when it is discussed. What type of problems that cause within the locker room, within your own team? To me, that's a fascinating case study in what happens with the Vikings Paul, because the coach is so outspoken. Paul Gunther, the veteran defensive coordinator, or Clint Kubiak would be the candidates probably to be the interim head coach there if something went down during the season. Well, the problem with Clint Kubiak is his mentor – uh, was just fired for not being vaccinated. Yeah, Dennison. Yeah, uh, so Dennison. Did Dennison wind up with some kind of in-house? Some kind of consultant, job? but he's yeah. not, around not around the coaching players. staff. No, he's not around the coach. He's not around anyone. He's not tier one or tier two. Yeah, he's so not he's allowed out, to be around. Outside the he's building, no different presumably. than a, a an analyst. Yeah, from outside the building. So, yeah. for, I mean, so he could still be of influence, but not. Yeah, but I'm saying if Clint Kubiak on. is named the interim head coach, Dennison's not there. Right. Yeah. And that Nor is was, Gary Kubiak anymore, right? Right, right. Yeah, he's not on this coaching staff. Uh, he retired again. Look, it, Kennedy Palomalu, once a controversial figure in Nashville, oh yeah, is oh on yeah. That staff. Look, wait, it's one preseason game. I, I, just looking at the effort level, Titans showed great effort in Atlanta from from every level of their team that they played. I'm saying from first quarter with the second team all the way all to the, the way fourth down. with some guys who may not make the 85 man roster. Um, 
the Vikings didn't have any of that, and it, and it shows, and that starts from the top down. Coming up, Deshaun Watson in the headlines through Sports Illustrated's reporting and the NFL attempting to do its own investigation of Watson. That's straight ahead on OutKick 360. First, though, Aurora Nutriscience. They've partnered with OutKick 360. We are thrilled they are here helping us stay mentally sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most, your body. You're seeing the vitalifescience.com right now on the screen. It's where you can see more information. And our OutKick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code OK360 with the code OUTKICK360. Typical pills and capsules not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks down these pills until there's little left for your benefit. But here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption to the body's bloodstream. I, I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, uh, glutathione, simple-to-use packets, sing single-use packets that I grab and go in the morning and use on the way to work. If you're a weekend warrior, if you take medication for high cholesterol, Aurora can help you as well. And they're absorbed through the bloodstream, through the GI tract, ensuring it's not wasted like a capsular pill. VitaLifeScience.com for more information. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360. VitaLifeScience.com. Glad you're with us this morning, and uh, you can join us on YouTube. Just search out Outkick360. You can subscribe, and you're automatically entered to win the Sony and Hertz Audison prize pack. Top 25 AP poll is out for college football that was just released. No surprise, Alabama ranked number one. Oklahoma and Clemson are at two and three, and Ohio State and Georgia round out the top five. Indiana is in the top 25 preseason poll for the first time since the 60s. They're coming at 17th. Uh, should also point out that Coastal Carolina and uh, Louisiana are two teams that make the AP top 25 for the first time ever in the preseason. So keep an eye on that as college football kicks off in just a couple of weeks. A lot to dissect across the SEC. We'll be doing that here on OutKick. Um, Deshaun Watson back in the headlines and has remained there uh, with the Houston Texans. Sports Illustrated with a report through Jenny Vrentas and two other writers, I believe, uh, that gave details on the investigation that the NFL is attempting to do and, and also just details on who they have reached out to uh, as a news outlet trying to get further information on what has happened behind the scenes. And they did not get information from anyone listed uh, on the, the, any of the, 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 the plaintiffs in this case. Uh, they did not reach out or get any information from the 17 people who have come forward on Watson's behalf in this case. These are people connected to those people in some way, and the five people, the anonymous quotes and stories that they used throughout their reporting. They did not reach out. Uh, the NFL has not reached out to the one independent masseuse that Jenny Vrentis interviewed during the course of her excellent reporting throughout this story, who didn't bring charge, I believe, hasn't brought a civil suit, hasn't brought a criminal suit. NFL hasn't reached out to her. 
And then, uh, so she has an exclusive story, Ventus and Sports Illustrated. Ashley Solis, one of the people that the league somehow convinces to talk to her, says that the NFL and its conversation with her asks her what she was wearing, which I think strikes everybody as a question that asking uh, an alleged victim is not an appropriate question. Chad interestingly asked when we were talking about this, you know, did they at least save that for that tail end where, okay, after we get information out of her, we'll ask her these questions which we know are inappropriate. To me, guys, I say, if you're Ashley Solis and you, for some reason, agree to talk to the league, which I think is crazy as it is, like, who is the league? They've got no authority. I don't care about the NFL end of this. As soon as they ask me something that I feel like is out of bounds, I say, okay, goodbye. I tried to do you a favor and talk to you, and you're treating it like this? Where's the end zoom button? Boom. Well, and I think context matters when it comes to that. I mean, if it's like question two or three, and you're getting to, okay, so where did the massage take place? Well, How long did you know Deshaun like Watson? Were, what were you wearing? If that was question three, then that's completely out of bounds. She made it sound like they were interrupting, interjecting, instead of letting her tell her story. Well, I, look, again, I think context matters with it. If it's a follow-up question because something's told in their story that doesn't line up, with what she would normally wear as a masseuse or if there was a request from Deshaun Watson about a wardrobe or something. I mean, that, that's relevant information, right? So I don't know. Again, if you're just opening the everybody saying, so what were you wearing when you performed this massage? Well, yeah, hang up. I, I'm totally with you, Paul. But if it's 30 minutes into an interview and she's saying something else that brings something up and the question is something like, were you wearing something different than you would normally wear for a massage? Was there a request to wear something different? That's all relevant information that I'd have no problem with an investigator asking that question. But if it's something that's out of line, yeah, I mean, well, the way she there's a way, to it, there's a way to get to the bottom of, of that, right? She like really a, thought it was out of line. Well, also, maybe there was an answer given by another one of the accusers that led them to follow up with this. You know what? I've talked to people involved with NCAA investigations, for instance, and lawyers will know that the NCAA has more than they're letting on when they ask a question out of left field sometimes about something. Sure. And that's when they say, oh, they, they got that from somewhere. And it's usually an abrupt question that's brought on to surprise the person. And that's when you know they have something. And that's definitely a tactic when you're interviewing someone, maybe another accuser brought up something or said something in the interview that made the NFL ask that question. Again, I don't know the context behind it, so it's tough to say if it was completely fair or not. But if it's the scenario we're talking about, Paul, where it's an early question out of nowhere, uh, yes, I agree. But That's an unfair response, question. Her response, Hut, suggests that the way it was delivered alarmed her. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be wearing that would suggest I don't want you to put your penis on my hand. Do I need to wear a turtleneck? Is this her uh, with NFL lawyers or is this her lawyer with NFL lawyers with her present? I think this is her with the NFL's people who deal with this. Her lawyer might have been on the Zoom. I guarantee well you her in, lawyer was in, on the Zoom. In the background, but I don't know. Um, that, that, that's she's not sitting on zoom with the nfl solo in no, this case I and so. no should she? Uh, so if they if they stuck with the interview with the lawyer present which i can only assume that he he or she was 
that I'm, I'm thinking whatever this line of questions was, was in sequence with the conversation that was taking place and not out of left field. Um, because otherwise the lawyer just ends it. It's no different than watching a deposition take place on YouTube and I, I where guys get up and just stand up and leave the room. Yeah, and I don't think that asking that question is just automatically saying that, well, you deserve what you got if you wore a miniskirt or something. I mean, it's not, it's not saying that, but again, we don't know what all the other accusers said. We don't know what was said in that conversation because there would be context involved if they find out, for instance, that Deshaun Watson is requesting yeah. a certain outfit. Again, that incriminates Deshaun Watson, not her, right? Yes. If I'm asking the accuser, so what were you wearing in this? And if the follow-up is, did he request a special wardrobe to be worn? Well, that lines up with the accusers, and that further incriminates Deshaun Watson. So I don't think we can jump to the conclusion that immediately because an investigator with the NFL asked, what were you wearing in the, in the massage, that they're trying to somehow exonerate Deshaun Watson well, from any wrongdoing. the way it was doing. asked pissed this woman off, which suggests to me they didn't handle it as deftly as they could have, at the very least, which does not surprise me because they, uh, their record on this is not good. They talked to Ray Rice with his wife in the room, right? <laughs> which is, is, is a ridiculous thing which was universally uh, decried by anybody that has any knowledge of how victims deal, deal with things. And they were never going to get from her what they might have gotten from her with, with Ray Rice out of, out of the room. I, I don't know that the NFL is fully equipped. The NFL hasn't proven to me that they're fully equipped to conduct these kind of investigations. I, Thus, the reluctance, I think, of some of these people to talk to the NFL, which, again, we, is not a law enforcement agency. Why are we critical of the NFL sitting tight and not acting on Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans then, if that's the case? Well, here's well, why, here's I, I why, think why I'm they have critical. to act without, without information. Here's, I think they have to act without We don't want them the to. No, I don't want them to act without I don't them. want them to. But let's go to the information that we have here. I mean, there's 23 accusers now. Ten of those have gone to criminal court. There is a consistent theme. So by not acting, you're saying that they all conspired and are lying about it, and he's completely innocent. Or they find it you don't have to. Evidence. You don't have to ban the guy from football for life. But I think it's also, look, I would rather the criminal court system handle this and not the NFL. But who has full faith in the criminal court system to perfectly meet all of this out and find out exactly well, who do you have what more happened. faith in the I criminal have court system, system or the NFL system. but my point is the NFL has enough information to do something I mean I don't think any think of us are going to do anything do we think that Deshaun Watson is completely innocent of no. all the charges no. something really bad was going on do you think the on. NFL is going to do something before the criminal court I mean Paul court based, based on the history of these now. events yes but they, they have a policy in their CBA about personal conduct I mean yes I would expect them to do something I don't want them acting without information no, uh, here's what I I'm want them to pursue, to pursue correct information and make a determination based on the facts, not just presume that they know what's going oh, on in headlines and suspend a player. I do too, but I, if I'm one of these victims, I'd have no interest in talking to the NFL because I, I wouldn't trust them. I, I'm, I'm thinking, let me be clearer, like the NCAA allows Yahoo Sports to be their investigative arm, I have more faith in Jenny Vrentis and Sports Illustrated than I do in... But just from what Jenny Vrentis has uncovered, if we're going with that, that's enough for me for the NFL to come back and say, we're suspending you half the season oh, I, I and we'll allow more to come all. in through the criminal court system. We know enough now 
through the reporting and through the accusations that this is not some wide conspiracy oh, with a no, bunch of women who didn't know each other to completely fabricate something that at the, at the best case scenario, in the best case scenario for Deshaun Watson, is you just behaving inappropriately with women over and over and over again. Women who, by the way, are paid for a service that's not the service you're requesting. And even if that's the, the, if that's the best case minimum. scenario for Deshaun Watson, that's a half a season. Yeah. And I think that's just, that's fine. Put that out there right now. If he's convicted of something criminally, they can always go back and you know, find out what's happened. Also, if he's convicted of something criminally, he may not be eligible to play because he may not be a free man at we've that said point. This, we've said this all along, too. If they were to allow him to go forward, the other shoe could drop at any time with the criminal stuff. Something sure. new coming up or an affidavit coming out or, or a grand jury going to, to panel, impaneled quicker than we thought or anything like that. Peter King suggested it today. I don't know how you make it happen, though. Say, okay, we acknowledge you've reported the fines off the table, but we want you to report in the fashion where you go home. Because this isn't good for anybody, so just don't be here. But I don't think that's possible the way the CBA is written. How do you get him to agree to that? He, he wants to put the pressure on them to make them do something. You can't, make them do the, you can't make them do something by saying, okay, I'll go home. Well, right? and, and over the weekend, it may become easier for the NFL to act, Chad, because over the weekend there, there was a report that the, a grand jury was being convened to look into the criminal aspect of this. And if, if there is an indictment through a grand jury, oh, he's done. that is enough for the NFL to act. Uh, because that would be set for trial. Um, so th they're saying there's enough evidence based on the information they have seen, that they have been presented, that there is enough to go to trial and, 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 and face a jury uh, on these claims and these accusations. That would be enough for the NFL to act. But as of today, they don't have that, and they're attempting to do it on their own. Uh, but they're, they're facing a lot of criticism from both sides here. There, there's the side that says, NFL, act because you're leaving the Texans in purgatory and they have no other recourse right now. They're not, they're not going to be able to trade him and they're going to pay him $10 million either way, even if he's on the NFL exempt list or he's not. And, oh, by the way, he doesn't want to play in Houston. And then there's the other side that says, well, he's innocent until proven guilty. And right now it's a, it's a civil case. So what, what has he done that deserves that punishment. You, you can argue either side here. My point is the NFL's in the middle of it, and they're actually trying to figure out which way to go about this. And they have been criticized in the past for, for being judge, jury, and executioner, even when the courts are not involved in a case. Ben Roethlisberger was never convicted never. of anything. He was suspended. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott quickly suspended uh, for things that happened in the offseason with him. Uh, so there have been other instances... Pac-Man Jones comes to mind. He was never convicted in a court of law of, of you know, anything involving that shooting. I think he had to pay restitution in a civil case, yeah. but not in a criminal case. Now he went on to continue to get more trouble that he stacked on top sure. of it that allowed them to suspend him for the year. But he was suspended he for a full year, but he was on the commissioner's exempt list prior to the year suspension. Uh, they acted prior to gathering information through a court system, is my point here. And there were people that were extremely critical of the NFL doing that, through Roger Goodell, who just took over as commissioner. So you're, you're, on, you're on one side or the other, and I think the NFL is trying to do and go about this the right way, saying, look, guys, we, we don't have the information necessary to make an a educated decision. We're going to try to figure that out. 
And as they go about it, unfortunately for the Texans, we'll go into September needing that information and more clarity. Also, the legal stuff seems very fluid, right? Last week we were saying the grand jury's not expected to be impaneled until after the season. No, that, that is when now, the, that's when the civil cases will be heard, is okay. after the season. That court date has been set. That's the, in the, the off-season. Civil, the civil date's been that's set. That's in the off-season. The criminal date, we didn't know. There was an unknown, and that's now the it report. seems something's coming to fruition. A grand jury is going to be convened. That was the report over the weekend, and Friday evening, I believe. And that's the best thing that can happen for the league, is a criminal grand jury be impaneled as soon as possible and reach a decision. And, and quite frankly, for the, for the league, it'd be good if that criminal... Because uh, clearly something went on here, right, that makes it sticky for the league. If that, if that sure. grand jury comes back with a conviction to take him in front of a jury, then they can put him on the An indictment, at least, yeah, not, indictment, not a conviction at that indictment. point. Yeah, puts him in front of a jury, then he can be put on the exempt list, and this will go into the background. Criminal justice system does not work on the NFL's clock. No. And that's what's difficult because we talk about sports and we're talking about the NFL. But the NFL and Roger Goodell, they do work on the Houston Texans clock. And they work for the Houston Texans. So that's where there's this uncomfortable divide right now. The criminal justice system is not going to speed up for anyone. And they're going to take their time and it's going to follow the processes that they would take with any other case. And the Houston Texans are sitting back saying, we need something to happen. So the NFL is starting to investigate on behalf of the Houston Texans because they want to try to get enough info to where they can make some sort of ruling that makes it easier for the Houston Texans to move forward and make a trade to get rid of Deshaun Watson. And this well, is the what, worst time criminal but thing they, on the NFL but the calendar league, ever. The league cannot do this on behalf of the Houston Texans. Because if they do that, they are setting a precedent that they're going to go to the team to determine how to proceed with a future case. The future, ca- the future team down the road may not, they may back their player. They may say, hey, there's, there are no charges here. This guy is eligible to play. Don't look into this. What do you do at that point? Well, you, you, you do something Because quickly. they work for the team I'm as not, well. I'm not saying that they're working for the Texans, that the Texans are going to him saying, convict this man and suspend him for a season so we know how to trade him. I'm saying they're saying, you've done this before with less information. So do it again and say something one way or the other, even if it's no suspension for Deshaun Watson based on information. It's not a quid pro quo. Houston Texans going and saying, give him a four-game suspension and maybe a season after the fact because that four-game suspension makes it easier for us to get the haul we want from the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm saying it's the Texans and the league wanting to get something done quickly for everyone involved so the Texans can move forward one way or the other. Now, if it's a season suspension they come back with quickly, Texans are screwed at that point. They're in a worse trading bargaining spot than they were before. I'm thinking right now what they need to do is create another list, limbo list. Uh, uh, kind of purgatory list. <laughs> like, well, what's different than park, that in the commissioner's list? Park you here list. Um, you get paid either way. Yeah, uh, th- that would be the difference. Uh, yeah. No, you get paid either. If you're on the commissioner's list, Deshaun Watson will be paid. Oh, I'm saying a limbo list, you don't get paid. Well, how do you determine that he doesn't get paid yeah, if he's I just on a limbo I list? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. You, uh, you got to find Either way, some he gets way. paid this year based on the contractual status of the, of the commissioner's exempt list. The question is, is the league going to take action? And Chad, unfortunately for the league, they are saying they don't have the same information that they did on lesser cases that we could point to where you, you could say that they, they had 
uh, uh, just a handful of information, but still suspended certain players uh, for for other issues, not not even domestic violence issues, just other issues. They're saying they haven't been privy to the information through the court system. Here's the only place I'm sympathetic is while they while he is in this limbo, they're going to have to use a roster spot. And so they're clearly uh, right not going to put him That's on correct. the field. Yes. They're clearly not going to put him on the field, but he's going to be one of their 53 all year. So this is a 52-man team. Yeah, yes. But, well. He's a weekly scratch. It's a 52-man team with a 16, we presume, a 16-man practice squad where your, your roster spot is technically on your practice squad if you needed it. Right. Uh, and you get to 55 every week. You get to 55 every week. He's one of your eight inactives. Right. But when you get hurt and you need those inactives in a bigger way, which teams you, invariably do. You have unlimited do, recall on your practice squad. Right. But you've still got that one spot that puts you at a disadvantage against everybody else. I do feel sympathetic for them in that regard, having done nothing wrong themselves. Well, that we know of. That we know of. I mean, there, there are other things within the, uh, within the story of Jenny Varentis, just saying reading through it, saying covered that. Up. That uh, it was, it's been known that Watson had a reputation, had a reputation for this through uh, the the uh, massage therapy community. Community. If yeah. they if they covered up for him or whatever, then my my sympathies well, that, are, are gone. That accusation obviously. hasn't been said, but you know it's, it's implied. I'm re- it's implied. I'm reading between the lines on that. Uh, if if the inner circles of the massage therapists, if they're discussing this, then you should um, know it. You should then, know it. You know, in your town. People raise an eyebrow to that, don't In your they? town. Like if he was going back home, where's he from? I, I don't recall. But if he's from De- Des Moines, you know, and he had a reputation in Des Moines, I could see you not knowing about it in Houston. But if, if, if he's in your town, staying in your town, and has this reputation in your town, your people should know about it. You know, if a Titan here in Nashville has a reputation for doing something, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson need to know about it through their security arm and the buzz in town right i think we would hold any team to account on that you should know the buzz and, the, and with all the reporting and 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 chatter and investigation that's gone on with this um there, there have been really no one stepping forward saying the texans absolutely knew what was going on they here. might have uh it, it's simple uh uh, speculation at this point, uh, which is another thing that will be another layer to this entire story. Uh, this is going away no time, yeah, no time really soon. Yeah, it's incredible. Lawyers getting involved. Uh, the, the civil cases we know will take place in the offseason. We know that because he's not going to settle. He's maintaining his innocence. He's not going to settle during the season. So that will not continue to the offseason. And now, keep in mind, too, with, with the grand jury, the defendant is not present. The defense attorneys are there. They also do not cross-examine witnesses that the public uh, will, will bring forward, that the defense attorney, that the district attorney will bring forward from Harris County. It is simply on the state. It's on the county to bring forward those charges. The, the grand jury will make a determination if that evidence prior to cross-examination is sufficient enough to at least go to court. That's all this is determining. And this is on the criminal side of things. So if indicted, and if this goes to a, a jury trial or goes in front of a judge, that's where the NFL could get more information. Because they're saying they don't have any information from the criminal courts because prior to all this, this has been a civil case, which they have not been able uh, to get their hands on. So then he could be charged with, say, sexual assault 
or multiple accounts of I just, sexual assault. And again, I understand where the NFL is coming from now, but it didn't stop them in 2010 from levying a six-game suspension against Ben Roethlisberger. That was a criminal case. It was a criminal case. That went but away. It was when the criminal case, they did six games, and then before the actual charges went through, they, they had, once that came out, it was four games. But they were given they information it. from the police department. They were given information from attorneys. They are saying they have not been handed any information in that regard from either side. And I don't have a problem with that. I mean, those departments don't have an obligation to share their information with the Big Bad National Football League. I actually kind of like the Big Bad National Football League being put in its place. You are not a law enforcement agency. We are not in any way beholden to cooperate with you. We're doing our business. Well, at, at that point, I don't know what else the NFL can do then other than try to try go about to and do their own investigation, investigation uh, which is going to upset a lot of people. And, or they just release a statement that says, we can't do any more. We, we can't do any more until the justice system plays itself out, which could be years. And therefore, we therefore will he's do eligible what? to play. Yeah. Therefore, we will do what? Therefore, he's eligible to play in the Houston Texans on his contract. So, I mean, you have to make up your mind on what you want to happen here. I don't know that they're going to have much of a choice. Well, the Texans will end up paying. Because, because if they were to now go the exempt list route, what's changed? Well, if they go to the Unless exempt list route, they have to have information. Some investigatory that, Right, results. they have to produce some information. But keep in mind, the Texans still pay the guy. Yeah. It, that is with pay. So, so he's just not a, he not, doesn't count as a roster spot against the Texans. And at least you know he's not going to be traded. And he's sitting in limbo. Uh, until this investigation plays So what they get out. is the roster spot and some clarity where they don't have to right. address it on a daily basis, deal with him in, in the building. Because there's no timetable on that list. Yeah. The, the commissioner must grant you access through an interview process Release. off the list. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be cleaner for the Texans. They, he, once he's on the list, you're, done, you're not addressing him. It's not a daily story, all of that stuff. Coming up, a brawl. We love a good brawl. Oh. And, uh, man, was there ever one this past weekend in the preseason. Uh, the most effort shown of all preseason. Uh, we had some starters. <laughs> we had some starters in the stands who played an entire game. We had some backups get out of the way. Man, Let it the was. starters play. It was SummerSlam in L.A. We'll detail that next on OutKick 360. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Uh, we Earlier this summer, we broke down the one-punch fight in the Padres outfield. Um, did not last long. And before that, we had the uh, Suns. Suns. Uh, then we had the four. Suns. Suns and Fool. That's right. Uh, now we bring you uh, the latest brawl in our installment and breakdown as a fly flies by me here. Um, Rams, Chargers, preseason, week number one, and that beautiful end zone footage from SoFi Stadium where, as Chad pointed out, the, the Aaron Donald wannabe uh, is talking trash to some fans in front of him who all seem to be Rams fans, fellow Rams fans. And you'll see momentarily... Fan he on turns, fan crime. He turns around, and a woman that's sitting two rows in front of the guy in the blue cap throws a drink on him. He then thinks that it's the two guys in front of him 
that pour the drink on him. I, I will also point out during this time, look, look at the guy sitting down behind him. Keep an eye on his feet because he's about to give this dude the he's boot. He's a star. He now, is about to give this guy guard. a boot. This security guard is a helpless, uh, the woman with the blue sleeves. Here come the kicks. I mean, she's not My favorite enough. part of this, the well, shove with the feet. Here we go. The shove with the feet's great, but also that security woman. Get uh, to the next row. I'm not paid GTFO. enough. GTFO. I'm not paid enough if I'm her to try to hold now, him back. Now, second round on the left. New fighter involved, bald man, and his pants are way down, and we see his ass. Yeah, the, the beers are flying. Well, everyone showed their ass in this clip. They're everyone I will, involved in this one. I will say the guy who talked all the trash, uh, it is now about, uh, I would say, an eight or nine on one as uh, he tries to fight his way to the aisle to escape here. We've got full ass. Um, this, is like, uh, this is like that video of, of throwing a, an insect into the ant hole, into the, you know, the fire pit, and just watching the ants just destroy this bird. This is exactly what happened, where you had a row against one man. Security, we also have to admire... That one man ends up looking like this guy. Well, that, you yeah. have to admire the fact that he gets up completely bloody, Red looking face. like... Um, yeah. Looking like mankind still in that cage match <laughs> with his face. Look like he talking. just hit himself with a First bunch, blood of, match. bunch of blades in the face. He's still talking. Where are other security people? How does it, like, one other person arrives to help this woman? This has been five minutes along. Well, the woman was smart to just let go. Because she's getting yeah, pushed she's from helped. behind, she's, she's getting helped. elbowed, and she's not going to stop that. No. And she backed away at one point. And again, they're not paid enough to break up a fight no. of that magnitude if that happens. I, I do wonder if the guy who comes up bloodied and gets just his ass completely kicked by 11 different people, <laughs> if the next day he thinks, man, I wish I just would have walked away. Or do you double down and think, you know, if I had it to do all over again, I would do the exact same thing. I would go to blows with that entire section once again. I love how quickly the, the uh, first fighter loses his shirt. Once he's down, he gets the foot shove over the seat. And once he's down, I'm finding the more we watch these, if you grab the head, pull the head down, <laughs> that's the key. Get the head down, pull the head down like this, yep. then get the shirt over like a hockey fight. I mean, these shirts disappear. They're like, they're like paper. Uh, if you get that head down and you got a team going, you can't lose. Well, there, this is, I mean, to the me, team these, is are, crucial. These, are seasoned, these are seasoned group brawl vets. <laughs> People, yeah. I mean, you, you, to know the ins Regular and outs season of, four. once you get a lot of bodies around, you know a lot of, a lot of fists are going to be thrown from different directions, that you've got to get that shirt over the head and immediately start going to town with the back under, of the head. Under, under. But then the one guy, David Reed pointed this out, the one guy that comes in with the butt shots yeah. from behind, <laughs> it's just like trying to get any licks that he can, and he's just hitting the buttocks over and over yeah. and over again. Wasted that's energy. A, I think that's a right. guy that he's probably been involved in a lot of these, but never really seen true action. It's a very synchronized. He's just coming event. in on the end. Like he's the guy who like comes in and kicks the guy when he's down and runs off. You're that was right him. about them having done it before because it's a beautifully synchronized event. In that once this guy's down, a couple people do the the head, take care of the head from above, but then everybody else, it seems to me, is working the body from below. Right? They're coming under, 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 under. And it's a unified effort. A couple people on top of the head, everybody else under on the body. The look, look, at, look at the just how he throws the arm. It's not even a punch. It's flailing, more of just, yeah, a it's just a bat. He's it's using like the a, arm as a bat. Now he gets just shoved. If not for the guy kicking him into the row. The kick is a big help. He, yeah, the kick helps the group just Get him pummel down. him. Once he's down. And then I love how the guy just sits there. 
He's like, you know what? Okay, and then he gets up. He's waiting on his moment to move. He does mainly it's the beer, I think, that yeah, makes him move. Get wet. Yeah, he clearly doesn't know this guy. If not for kicking and shoving him to the next row, I'm not sure how this fight turns out. But are the two because fighters the guy friends? Because the, the guy had the higher ground. In a battle, you want the higher ground. He had the leverage with that, you know, that bear arm that he was using, uh, flailing it from side to side like a bat. Um, it was working for him until he was booted he turned very down quickly. to the row. Are the two fighters friends? Yes, because he's trying to pull them back. And see, here's the problem. They get separated. <laughs> he's not doing a, a very good no. job of holding them back. He's kind of talking them up, too. No, but they laughing. don't work together. That's the problem. They get split up into two independent fights instead of Are working back together. Are you dude, Paul, if you're him? <laughs> Look at that guy. What's going I'm on? Saying, Look at the guy that kicks him just watching out. He would have been better off staying in that <laughs> fight than he would going off getting his ass kicked separately. The guy separately. who kicks him, though, is so calm as he calmly grabs his stuff California and walks yeah. over the seats to leave. Also, I, I want to note in the beginning of this, the woman who starts the whole brawl by throwing her drink $16 beer. On them. That's a $16, $20 beer. Was it beer. a beer or was it like a, it it looked looked like like a, a soda no, to, it to, me. Like a beer to me? The yeah. large woman that throws her soda $12 on soda. Um, she is so, first off, she's very big. <laughs> but she's so slow in her movements that everything looks very cavalier and calculated. Like, there's no urgency in her movements, even as she approaches well, the brawl. she's two rows away. Let's give her that. She's got a buffer row. Two rows row. down. She's got a buffer row in between her. The row of the kicker is her buffer row. Also, I, I think mean, that was excellent. An- there were analysis. three or four rows there that were just cleared out, and then everyone else had their phones out. GTFO. I don't. I don't feel as though anyone was frightened or threatened. They were there for the show. There's the, there's they, the, they were there for the show. There's the young woman in the short shorts. That's uh, the the camera's right behind her. Yeah, she is as calm as can be. Like Funny thing is, hey, this happened cat- in the first quarter. You guys very, missed a better yeah, fight back very, in the first very quarter. Very casual preseason is, occurrence. There was a 99 yard kickoff return during that. Nobody even flinched. <laughs> Incredible brawl. Oh, uh, it was uh, outstanding. And uh, good analysis. There, there's different aspects of this that I pick up on every time I've seen. I think I've now seen it 34, 35 times. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I love how Jacob sees it for the first time and is, is continuing to laugh. I have to say, I, en- I enjoyed that a lot. I still like the Phoenix guy with the four because it was it was fast. I mean, it was it was just. Well, there's no there's no clear cut victor in that fight is the problem. There's not one guy that's there to boast about it. There's seven or eight guys yeah. who beat the dude up, yeah, and they're right. all kind no, of none of them come out. It's, with it's their chaotic. Hands the guy who's still boasting is the dude who got whipped. Is what's great about it is he's still talking trash as he's back. He can barely stand. He's clearly concussed. He doesn't he know where he is. Blo- his face again looks like mankind. Probably drunk as hell in the hell in a cell, and he's just kind of talking trash, stumbling on his way well, out. Someone stop the damn match! Backing up the stairs. <laughs> Coming up. We get into Titans and Falcons, takeaways from preseason game number one, where we take into account it is the preseason. It is the first preseason game, and we did not see the starters perform. We, we get into our big takeaways from Friday night's action straight ahead on OutKick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.